And it's so great, too, because he didn't have to mention it. But you did, because anybody who normally would, that there was a baby in your movie theater for The Nun 2. Ironically, we had a toddler in my movie experience. Uh, two separate times. Two separate times. Two separate days. But two separate babies. Back to back. Back to back, the Alpine had two toddlers guard- with their parents, though, with their guardians, uh, and watching a horror flick. So that's imagine great. it would have been hard for my baby to get in there because it was a baby baby like who brings their baby baby to the movie theater for the nun too i I don't know i mean it wasn't that scary at the end so i don't blame them it's like maybe a warm-up to other films but yeah i had a toddler they were mostly on their phone the whole time so sound speeding camera rolling scene 30 take 303 mark welcome to take 303 powered by four-way media the podcast with a guy who knows a lot about film and his friend I'm Nick Molinari. I'm J.P. Brooks. We're talking everything film and television, and today we are talking about The Nun 2, whatever the things are afterwards, and The Wailing, Korean film. It doesn't say Korean film in the title. I'm just letting you know, it's a Korean film. Yeah, we got, we got a little cultured. But first, in cinematic news... Cinematic news! Uh, we have James Gunn deactivating his Facebook account. Is that the guy who did Thor? No, that's the guy who uh, did the Guardians of the Galaxy. And oh. Suicide Squad, the good one. Why is he... The new guy in charge of DC. Yeah, but why is he deactivating his Facebook account? He's made comments about uh, Batman 1989. Okay. Saying that Keaton has a ridiculous voice, was poorly written, and it's one of the most boring films ever. Wow. it's a bold statement. Coming from the head of DC right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yikes. The DC, known for being one of the most boring franchises, making fun of, insulting another movie based on a DC franchise. I mean, life is great when it does stuff like that. All right, well, good for you, James gives, Gunn. It gives us hope that, you know, one day I might direct, like, Fast and the Furious 15, and then this yeah. this, this episode would have to be, like, you know, shelved. It's all in the database. Is there anything else in cinematic news that is uh, worthy to mention? Uh, yes, Toy Story Five is stop. bringing. You can stop. You can stop. I'll leave the room. You can stop. And I'll be honest, with you, I don't. I don't watch the regular news, so to hear cinematic news, I care even less. <laughs> just make movies and be good at it. It's not hard. I just hope there's somebody listening to this in their car. Like yeah. it's like their daily Wednesday noon ritual. And they come to us for the cinematic, <laughs> cinematic news. news. Yeah. And Where it's like, I'm like, Toy Story 5 is like, skip. <laughs> skip it. Don't care. <laughs> I wonder, that's got to be a tactic. I wonder how many people are going to look at the story, the Toy Story, because I'm never going to look at it. Like, I had an inkling, oh, wow, that worked. I kind of want to, I'm not looking at it. They should have stopped at three. Yeah. This week we're talking about 2016's The Wailing, directed by Na Hong Jin, starring Kwang Don Wan, Huang Jun Min, Chun he and John Connemara. The Wailing follows. Yeah, I get the easy part now. <laughs> the Wailing follows a policeman from a small mountain village in South Korea. When people go missing and villagers end up dead, and even some villagers going crazy, this police officer investigates and tries to figure out what's going on in his town as disease and craziness begins to spread. And we follow him as he tries to figure out what's going on. And that's what this movie is about. I, I had no idea what this movie was about. 
I just saw the movie poster, thought it looked really cool. We knew going into this, like, there's a strong possibility that Nun 2 is going to be really bad. Even though I keep seeing ads and promos for it saying that it's better than Talk to Me. And I'm like, okay, I get that this is like a marketing ploy, but like half of me was like, would it be? Talk to Me is on a pedestal right now. I'd be very surprised if something beat it. I hope something beats it. Because that would mean we get two great horror films. We're focusing on the whaling. Initial thoughts. There were so many genres that were happening all at once in this film. Horror stuff, but it was doing some thriller, like noir. I loved it. I love those kinds of movies. It kind of felt like Prisoners meets The Exorcist with some zombies thrown in. Like it was just like all over the place. What were you thinking? Yeah, it's a slow burn. I like the prisoners comparison. It very much is that. It's got this isolationist feel to it. Like we're trapped somewhere, but we're not. But it is, it's mountain people. It's village. It's not a very big place. Uh, it almost feels like folklore, you know, like a town. Oh, have you heard of old man Jenkins and who he murdered? Gokseong. Gokseong. That's how you say the movie. It's original town Japanese. That's what I've been furiously trying to figure out on my phone. Yeah, it touches a lot of different genres, and because it does that, it really does feel very unique. Obviously, some of the elements to it, mystery and all that, it's nothing new, nothing you haven't seen before, but one thing this movie does excellent is doubt. Instilling doubt into everything about the movie and really making you want to solve what is going on. The breadcrumb effect is real, and it is a good amount of breadcrumbs. And even some of the breadcrumbs you get, you doubt the breadcrumbs so really good well done let's talk about what worked in this film performance wise i'm gonna go ahead and say the kid absolutely killed Nailed, it. crushed it yeah like you you said it good the last time you were like a movie lives and dies with its child actors and when this one she just goes off and i be- i believed it like it felt very real yeah when she's cursing at her family and stuff and doing she does crazy about Kid's got a lot of range. I don't know what she's going to be like. I know this was made in 2016. Mm-hmm. So what? She's seven years older now? About eight? Yeah. So good for her. I hope she's doing a lot. Because um, if she can hopefully keep that. Unfortunately, as you know, child actors, they get, you know, I don't know how it is in South Korea, but you're in one role. You do, you know, you're always pegged as that one particular thing. So hopefully she can break out of that because, man, dare I say she had range as a kid? Because that was crazy. And obviously the father, really good. But the kid just overshadowed her at some point in the film. And I'm going to give some love to the Japanese guy. And by the way, he's titled as the Japanese guy. He never gets a name. Um, I really liked him in The Shaman. The Shaman is my favorite character. Yeah, yeah. By far. The, the, the first exorcism was unnecessarily <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Krista joined me halfway through watching this movie, and she goes, what is going on? I'm like, this movie's great. Just keep watching. She's walking by. She's like, did he big trouble in Little China you again? And you're like, no, 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 no. no, no. It's good this time. This is uh, Big Trouble in Small Village, and it's going great. Possibly one of my major gripes of the film is that it's just very long, but I feel like it has to be. As I'm watching this movie, the exorcism part that is where a normal movie would end a horror flick they call the shaman they call the guy the expert things don't go well things go wrong we think it's defeated and then it's not that's where this movie should end in a, in a, if this was americanized that's where it would end 
but it's not. It's a lot deeper, there's a lot more. So I'm grateful for it, but there's a little much to it. Because of where it ends though, I I, I get why it is as long as it is, but there, there, you could have wrote it some different ways and got to the same place, I think. But it all helps to add, because it's so long, I think even as you're sitting there thinking, when is this movie gonna end? And that just makes it more confusing when you get to the crazy ending. And more exhausting, I think. Yeah, definitely. To, to add to the main character's exhaustion, because you mentioned isolation as like a major theme but realistically outside of the cell phones it could have been any year basically yeah. the theme that i picked up on mostly was obsession yeah that well, the the father is like obsessed with trying to figure this out and obsessed with trying to help his daughter yeah well i would say it's paranoia or distrust of outsiders is the next big thing mm -hmm. right you know, not trusting people based on hearsay, rumor, gossip, or like with unconfirmed things. Like I'm with the character 100% until they go to see the priest at the church. And the priest's like, well, did you see it? Can you confirm it? And he's like, well, not really, but he had my daughter's shoe. But even then, does that point to what he's saying? And obviously, I mean, in my head, yes, it does, but technically, well, no. It, it was a great twist, too, because when I saw the shoe... I immediately jumped to conclusions. Yeah. And I just immediately thought the same thing as the father, especially the the finale, the kind of like three scenes that are intertwined together, making you constantly doubt which character is telling you the truth. Loved it. Fusing scene in the movie for me, but also my favorite, is the dual rituals going on. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, the camera and what's being shown, the editing team is purposely trying to mislead you as to what you're actually seeing what's happening yeah um i don't know if this happened to you i was watching it on tubi where, where did you watch it uh amazon prime it was free if you had amazon prime uh, okay because for some reason after about 45 minutes the subtitles became delayed by three seconds oh which you really wouldn't think is a problem until people start shouting at each other and you don't know which <laughs> person is shouting what <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotcha. so i watched about an hour and 45 minutes with uh delayed subtitles that's funny uh favorite scenes obviously all the biblical allusions to christianity i thought were great because um, christianity plays this interesting part in the whole movie that ending scene with the deacon and the japanese guy is just wild and out of control um it's awesome and then obviously the final conversation between the woman and our main character. Yeah, interesting movie. Really good movie. And obviously the ending, will, which will keep you thinking like crazy, which is why I'm watching and reading all this stuff. I'm interested to hear what people think about it. I love hearing different theories, especially good ones. And ones that kind of go against the grain. Because I think even if there, there are problems with them, they help you think about the movie in a different way. So I'm glad I get to think about a movie, not just be upset at it. Different people have different views on what horror is. Yeah. And we talked about this specifically with Talk To Me, and I said terror uh, overseas horror for me. Yeah. Like, and I think you agree in the same sense where we don't care for the jump scares. Is this the type of movie that scares you? Here's, you want to talk about my fears for a second. I don't like things that fly, even in my daily life. If it has wings, I run from it, <laughs> okay? Uh, I hate anything that flies over my head. Anything that could be flying around, I don't like it. I also don't like anything that moves fast on the ground. Crawling on all fours. Watching that Japanese guy run on all fours scared the living shit out of me. Being chased always scares me. I think it's really it's done really poorly in movies. Because you always know they're going to get out of it. But in a couple of those, like, yo, these guys are done for. Um, 
So is this the kind of movie that scares me? Yeah, I, I think this is the kind of movie that like makes me panic. So we're just gonna pop a little light spoiler uh, announcement right here, where you if you if you haven't seen the movie, if you're interested in seeing the movie, I know we haven't really delved deep into the film. We're kind of like skating around it because we don't want to ruin it yeah. experience for you guys. Which is always a sign that we enjoyed a movie is yeah. when we don't want to ruin it. Yeah, because our best content. Yeah. Uh, episodes are ones with really bad movies that we don't <laughs> yeah. care about talking we, about. We get into it. <laughs> like, after the commercial break, we're going in. <laughs> yeah. The nun's getting destroyed. In the film, uh, three different characters are posed as the the demon. Yeah. A villain. Like, who do you trust? Each of them. And there's, I think, what's so crazy is even after you've seen this, is what I really reflect on the evil things that clearly the Japanese man is responsible for. I still doubt if he's actually the bad guy at the end, which is wild. Well, yeah, because they leave um, some things still unanswered, like why the woman has like the the girl's um, the hair clip and stuff like that. I've got an answer because YouTube and the Reddits have answered it clearly, and based on what they said, I've also discovered some things well tell us some things jp so some people have interpreted that the woman in white there so there are three theories you could go with theory number one the woman in white is good and the two other guys are bad the woman in white is actually the evil one and the two other guys are good or at least neutral three they're all evil so those are the three theories the japanese guy and the shaman for me who we hire right the money shaman and the japanese guy have to be linked and here's why. And some of this I'm pulling from here. Some of this I figured out my own. One thing I realized from my own where I started doubting the shaman in the movie is when he gets unchanged, he's wearing the Japanese towel underwear. Other Japanese guys wear. Our shaman wears that. And when I see that, I go, why? If you're a Korean guy, why are you wearing that? And then obviously the biggest thing at the end that everybody talks about, and obviously I figured out too, is when he has all the photos. Maybe, maybe uh, for you, they could be, which I... I think is the best part about this movie is that depending on who you are, you're not going to see it the same way I do. And which one do you think is the most uh, believable? Okay. Well, after doing some research, um, and maybe I might sway you, I, I have it. So I'm actually going to ask you to answer first. What do you think? So I took it very literal yeah. because I'm like a literal person. I'd like yeah. to decipher what they're trying to tell me, not try to put my own little twist on it or mm -hmm. add to it. Um, so I took it as the Japanese man is the demon mm -hmm. and that the other two were, uh, both telling the truth, but I'm still confused at why the shaman that they hired, uh, just starts throwing up and bleeding in front of the woman. That's mm. the only confusing part to me. Okay. So for you, the Japanese guy who's evil, which I agree with, he's on his own. Yeah. So you don't see as the shaman being connected to him in any way. I didn't, that didn't cross my mind. Okay, interesting. Even when you saw the photos at the end? Yeah. Huh. All right. So the question is, why does the Japanese guys vomit, right? Start throwing up. Well, he sees the woman in white. And if the woman in white is good and he's evil, when she sees him and the like little curse thing, the curse is meant for him. And so when he sees her and he sees the thing, like it causes, and that's why he runs away. And he also gets confirmation that the Japanese guy is dead. Now, here's the line that's going to mess with you. The shaman guy says, great, he took the bait. Yeah. Who do you think he's talking about? 
I mean, did not know who he was talking. When I first heard, I'm like, is he talking about our main character or is he talking about the Japanese guy? I thought originally he was talking about the demon taking the bait for the family, I think, as like a trap. But I, that line did throw me off. Here's how, and someone else saw credit YouTube for this. Someone else said, he says, no, it's for the policeman because after the Japanese guy dies and he gets the phone call that his daughter is cured, I took the shaman saying, because he gets the information, great, the family took the bait, they think the girl is cured. Because if that is, if you also believe the Japanese guy is, and the shaman are working together. I am swayed. Yeah, I was swayed too. Um, There's also a director's cut that says the shaman and the Japanese guys interact with each other. If you remember our shaman friend who's knocking in the nails to that wooden statue, well, in Korean culture, that is a guard. That is literally a guardian, a guardian statue. So he's doing a ritual to destroy the guardian statue, the Hmm. thing that protects the village, which is the woman and wife who's trying to save the people. And also, there's folklore and things like that. That say every village has a guardian spirit that protects them. Well, I mean, all these questions really just... I like movies that you're not left with one clear answer. And yeah. it really can go any way and you have to you know, talk about it or have to rewatch it. I know this yeah. is definitely going to be one film out of our lineup for season one where I'm going to watch this again. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching this again probably at the end of the year. So it's a good time for final thoughts and ratings. Sure. I'll go first. Yes. I love the movie from the very start. I think the first half of the film, even though such a slow burn, mm-hmm. it just it was paced well enough for me. And I felt like the first half of the film was the strongest, but mostly because it was like the most concrete, where the second half of the film opens it up to a lot more uh, interpretation. And I love the finale. The finale is the shining part of this film. Uh, performances were really good the uh the makeup was really great i felt absolutely on the edge of my seat unsettled the whole movie i don't think there was like a jump scare i think maybe like one but it was like without sound too like it was just when the the guy like comes towards the screen and it was enough you you didn't need more than that everybody at bloom house just follow what they did uh so (laughs) i was stuck between two numbers um i'm definitely gonna want to rewatch it again but i think i'm gonna give it a five out of five wow yeah i was stuck between a four and a five and i after talking about it it swayed me enough to say five that's great yeah i'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you the more we talk about the more i like it but i think i have to do it like we're watching a movie at the end of the day it was really long i did not enjoy that part i think some things could have been differently i think it's really just the length, and I do want to knock it a whole point just because it's long, and I'm going to do that. It's a four out of five for me, with an asterisk being you're a five, but you you know, you know went a little bit too long. Uh, I do think there are some times where I need the movie to, like, come on, let's get to the point here. Um, but in the end, it does help with the ambiguity and trying to figure it all out. I, I like that it's a puzzle. At some point, there are too many turns. There are too, like... Like you can confuse me once, twice. I mean, how many times are you gonna throw me for a loop? I don't know. Maybe that's just how life is. But I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stay. It's a four. It's a four. And JP is the king of cutting down films. We're working on a short film right now, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it started at eleven pages. He trimmed this bad boy down to three. I'm me. Whoa! I got it down to like. 
I cut down four pages. And then I think you got me on the on the cutting boat, and I'm like, we can we can knock out another. The page. problem is we're gonna get we're gonna do a feature length film, one page, <laughs> one line, one page, one line. After right. the break, we'll be talking the nun too. Dog shit. <laughs> After the break. Well, if you're getting possessed and haunted, we have the solution for you. It's time to exercise those demons. That's right, the yoga company that's concerned about your spiritual health. Whether it's downward dog, rising sun, or fuckface petunia flowers, they will be able to give you the right motion you need to make sure these demons stop chasing you. Pope Francis and former yoga instructor Pope John Paul II have taken time out of their busy daily lives to show our yoga instructors that you don't need prayer, you just need to bend your body in a particular way say none more to those pesky demons when you conjure up an insidious arch forget wearing religious artifacts and your demon cannot take your blood if you have no circulation when you try on our guaranteed 100 tight as hell yoga pants that's right tight as hell demons begging to get in will never be able to because they've cut off all the blood Namaste will turn into demon stay away as soon as you use our 100% guaranteed spiritual program. So that's it. Go to make sure you exercise your demons yoga for the spiritual minded and save 10% off when you use the discount code. Cuckoo. This episode is powered and sponsored by Fort Way Media. Whether it's a special event, your wedding day, or maybe a small business looking to make an advertisement or commercial. Four-Way Media is the obvious choice. They turn everyday life into a cinematic experience. When you want to capture those special moments, look no further. Stop what you're doing. Check out fortwaymedia.com. Book an appointment today and don't miss out on another chance to get what you want in front of the big screen. Whether it is expert videography or photography, Fortway Media can match exactly what you're looking for. Fortway Media is known for helping out small businesses and everyone reach their dreams. Sign up today. All right, and we're back. Before we hop into the Nun 2, we're going to talk about this week's What If, which is a really good one. Uh, features one of our favorite actors. Uh, JP is already yeah. ecstatic about oh, yeah. it. What a great what a great question. For the Lord of the Rings, and just so that people don't think we're just taking these, uh, taking these questions out of our ass, these are actual things that could have happened in cinematic history. Just to remind you all, for anyone that's new to the show or just tuning in, uh, film choices, casting choices that could have actually happened. That were on the table. That, that were, were on the yeah. table and turned down either by the studio or by the actor themselves. And this week, the question is, what if Sean Connery played Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings? You think you can carry a ring, Frodo, do ya? <laughs> and it's technically a two-parter. <laughs> Featuring another one of our favorite actors, uh, Nicolas Cage, <laughs> who also got offered the role of Aragon. <laughs> I got a hood, man. I'm a ranger. <laughs> that would have been crazy. I, I don't even know where these picks came from, but I can't see how you pick two actors who, objectively speaking, after a certain time in their career, just played themselves for the whole time. Let me pull up some Gandalf quotes and do them as... <laughs> Do the Sean Connery. Have you ever seen The Rock? Uh, Michael Bay's The Rock. Uh, no. Really? I just too Sean. I just typed in Gandalf quotes, and it came up Sean Connery's worst decision: turn down the Gandalf quote. Uh, the Rock, directed by Michael Bay, starring Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. Oh wow! So they were paired up before. Nicolas Cage is a, a mm. FBI guy. 
but he's like he works in the chemicals and bioengineering and there's a bomb uh, that that's going off with the with chemicals so they take nicholas cage out of the office so the navy seals have to bring them in to alcatraz because sean connery broke out of alcatraz so he's the only one that knows how to get back in they're trying to disarm the bomb and everything and nicholas cage is like the shy kind of person in the, in the film and he's like holding himself back the whole time and sean connery delivers this classic line he's like are you a winner and he's like, what do you mean? He's like, you're a winner. You're a winners go home and they fuck the prom queen. I was like, I was ah, like if you're a winner, you go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> so I feel like that's what he should have said to Frodo. <laughs> winners throw the ring of the volcano and fucking walk. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. So I guess for today's what if, uh, uh, JP's just going to shout off Gandalf quotes uh, in Sean Connery's fashion. The treacherous are ever distrustful. And he that breaks a thing to find out what it has left the path of wisdom. This, he really would have been a fucking guy. Yet a treacherous weapon is ever a danger to the hand. Do not weep. For all tears are evil. Now I just went to a totally different voice. But this is... There's a yeah, lot of quotes he, here that he would have been... full Scottish. Scottish. It would have been weird because I think Gandalf would have just been, by default, more of a badass. And Ian McKellen, like, he needs to be this older... Like, Gandalf is a badass, but he's a subtle badass. You know what I'm saying? Sean Connery's too much of, you know... Big dick swinging, just like, you know, just would have been pimping Gandalf. It would have taken, yeah, it would have taken us out of it and just made it into a whole different thing. And then just seeing the pair up with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Oh, we're a fellowship, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get the ring to Mordor, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine Nicolas Cage being told in a movie, like, you're gonna be here for three movies, and he just, like, his eyes just shoot out of his head, and you're gonna be the king in one of them. <laughs> I'd like sitting around right now, but what I really would like to do is throw the ring in the mouth. <laughs> oh, you've lost your shit. <laughs> Watch out, there's a bee. <laughs> At some point, we have to do a commercial where I'm Sean Connery, you're Nicolas Cage, and we're just selling honey. There's and that's the whole... There's a great scene of The Rock, but Nicolas Cage is like waiting to disarm the bomb, and he's like, you know, this is... This is all right, but you know what I really would love to do is disarm some bombs right now. <laughs> Your Nicholas Cage is pretty good. I really like it. Thank you. That's I awesome. pride myself on my Nicholas Cage. <laughs> disarm the bomb. This what if kind of turned into a what what wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> what wouldn't have you, I, I would have I would have loved to seen it. Have you ever seen the Nicholas Cage freak out montage on YouTube? Yeah, that Hold was on. my go to in like two thousand nine. Yeah. That's the one. Just talking michael chavez's the nun 2 starring tysa farmiga jonas bloquette storm reed anna popplewell and bonnie Ahrens. the nun 2 follows a demon who comes from the past i know the nun 2 follows a demon that takes the form of a nun that is terrorizing different people across europe and a nun, along with one of her fellow sisters, is sent to investigate to figure out where this demon is heading next and why it's doing what it's doing. And we follow another guy who's also from the theories that's having to deal with it. Nobody cares. It's a bad movie. Don't go watch it. Helicopter's coming back. <laughs> it's a now we can honestly, this film it doesn't deserve any sound design because uh, this movie didn't have any sound design. It just had sound. <laughs>
Well, The Nun 2 is the sequel to The Nun, which is a prequel to The Conjuring. It is the ninth film in The Conjuring series. Which is in the universe the, the of cinematic, the multiverse. Yeah, the multiverse of The, of the, the Nuns with the, with the, the Wait, dolls. Wait, this is the ninth film in The Conjuring? Yeah, so there's The Conjuring 1 and 2. There's Annabelle. There's uh, The Nun. And I think there's another spinoff from the series. So those are all Elizabeth and Ed Warren when they did the conjuring, remember they had like the room full of uh, you know objects and stuff that were contacted yeah. by other spirits. These were the ones that were in yeah. in that. Because you know, I don't know if you know, Elizabeth and Ed Warren are real people. They are, but yeah. they definitely didn't do any of the things they did in the movie. Correct. And it was they they explicitly said, it was said that yeah. for the conjuring, like they said, ninety percent of it wasn't real. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you the scariest moment. Yeah. In the nun too, it was when. Uh, this lady got up to go to the bathroom and she was uh, wearing a hijab. Yeah. And it looked like the nun. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty crazy. That's awesome, actually. Outside of that. that yeah. I mean, barely, nuns wear habits. Yeah. Muslim women wear hijabs. Yeah. If she was wearing head. a burqa, yo. Oh, she's wearing a full burqa. Flip. Oh, oh, if, if, yeah. If. If she's yeah. wearing a full burqa, okay. mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, woman, yeah, the nun will make you fear woman with any head covering. Just, just fear it. Any shawl. Yeah, that's it. So you can feel like... <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, it's been the last episode of Take 303. <laughs> so this movie's good for about... Th- ten minutes after the first ten minutes. The ten minute to thirty minute, thirty-three minute mark. Thirty-three for Jesus. Uh, it was an okay film, and then it just devolved into absolute uh, buffoonery, dog. dog, just dog. That's what I felt like, too. I was like, it's not bad, and then at a certain point it became bad, and I was like, well, it's not good either, but it's not insidious. <laughs> no, it's you know? not insidious levels of bad. I think once they started shifting back between uh, the, the two sets of characters, yeah. it, it was like, nah, what is even happening? Just tell me, do we care at all? No. About... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, don't, I, I know the question you're going to ask. The answer is no. I just want to know which one do you care less or more about. Answer it however you'd like. It's actually tough now that you... I tell Maybe you, Maybe just the main kid because she's a kid? Main kid, yes. I actually wanted more with the nuns. Yeah. The movie's about a demon nun. I want more with the nuns. This Who was the... Who was the black nun in this movie? Storm Reed. Storm Reed. That's the girl from uh, The Last of Us. She played the... Yeah. Yeah. She's good as an actress. I don't have a problem with her. Her character is useless. Nonsensical uselessness. How about... We have a problem with a demon that's traveling across Europe. Let's send one person, and only one person, because she's the only one who has dealt with this demon before, and she's the only one who can actually do this. They send her no backup whatsoever, no partner, nothing. And she is lucky that Storm Reed tagged along, even though useless. But, yeah, she needed the help. We have a giant abbey for these girls to go to school, and there's one teacher. (laughs) (laughs) And there always seems to be more girls than, like, the classroom holds 30. The abbey had hundreds of them, but I don't see any of them anywhere anytime. And there's only seven at the end. There's a population issue with the number of girls in the school. A child with the upper body strength of the rock holding herself up with one arm 
while holding the eyes of Lucian in the other hand. The CGI of the broken staircases and wooden pallets at the end, yeah, just bad. Holding up the thing the demon wants to his face, and that's the way that you can incapacitate them? (laughs) Uh, 50 jump scares. Just 50 of them. A nun going over rank and turning the wine into the blood of Christ. How did you defeat the demon? Women empowerment. (laughs) (laughs) Always works. Works every time. Every time. Because the real demon is the patriarchy. Now, if you don't mind, let me... But yeah, so the nun doesn't work for so many reasons because it is just built on jump scares. Yeah. How many times can we pop the nun's face in front of you? And oh my god, I thought like if I had never seen the nun in this film up until maybe the ending or the magazine uh, sequence, that would have been great. But the fact that they just keep popping up, like in the earlier Conjuring films, you see it for a glimpse, barely, scary. You see it in the the first couple trailers for the nun it had its moments where it was actually scary. Like the idea of the nun silhouette and everything, that is a scary image. Not going to lie. But then when you see just like its face all the time, you get desensitized to it. Yeah, you get desensitized. You get desensitized to the jump scares. You just know when they're coming at some point. I was laughing at other points because I knew like, yeah. Oh, the couple next to me was laughing the whole time. I couldn't stop laughing after he said this. He goes, there were flashlights in 1956. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it made me question things, but I was like, there definitely there was. was. Yeah, there were But I was like, that readily hilarious. available? They've got them all in this boarding school? <laughs> hilarious um, take. Demons are always stopped by doors. That's like their biggest weakness in this movie, is people always get to doors in time. The fact that any character in this film is easily able to outrun a demon. At all times. The fact that this demon just wants to lure people up flights of stairs constantly and just hee hee spooky and just that's it <laughs> could you imagine that your demon starts the movie by setting a priest on fire in a church that's some pretty powerful demon oh, stuff yeah let's talk about this intro which has no business being an intro because i i like the intro can i i liked it tell me why little kid kicking it's kind of creepy mass not a lot of sound things are quiet and i just i guess the image of like being a kid scary basement going to do something and stuff is just weird yeah well that car that part i'll 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 go with you i felt like that was a strong start i love that part but as soon as the priest just flies up into the air and just ignites on fire, yeah. you lost me. Yeah, that was a little over the top. It would have been cool if like they thought it was that nun or that sister and then she's evil. I don't know. But there could have been just a better way. Yeah, once he goes on fire, like you're thinking, oh, wow, this demon, no, no, no funny business. This demon's going to just lift people up and torch them. But no, it's just going to chase some people around a boarding school like Scooby-Doo all day. Like, how many times? They went down the same hallway. The whole chase The the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the location, they saved a ton of money. It's the same. (laughs) It's a a hallway and a set of stairs. The the hallway was the same place where (laughs) she got bullied. The same place where the principal got got sucked in. Everything happened in this one hallway. Yeah.
well. Now I have to go into the dark black room to get another battery. Uh, oh, wait, the batteries are right here. We're good. It's just batteries? Yeah. Okay. Demons, devils, spirits, I'm, I'm all in on that stuff. I don't mess with them. Now, you know what it is? I definitely didn't charge these from the last time. Good. I'm glad that is the logical explanation of why the light went out as soon as you were talking about this weak-ass demon. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. The lights start going out on it. So this really awesome, incredibly strong demon they portrayed. <laughs> Don't be a kiss-ass. No, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, but no, like, yeah, just the rules. The rules of what the nun is and how it interacts with different people is just all over the place. Plays coy with other characters. Nothing that we haven't seen in other horror movies, but the fact that we're seeing it over and over and over again is just really, you know, just getting to us. One guy working there, no security, just start lighting these girls on fire. And you control the guy, too. Yeah. That, that, that's the thing. What are you scared? Like, what's the... Why are we not killing things? Why couldn't they have gone to the library first? Why did they go like, you know what? You know what I just realized? This thing we don't know anything about? We really don't know anything about it. Maybe we should go to the library. Yeah, it's like 1956. Like, what else are you going to do? Just go to the library. Yeah. Like, how crazy, and obviously we can't do this because it's a Hollywood film, but this guy just slaughters an entire school. Just murks everybody. And now they're in a race against the clock before he gets to another school or another church that he's going to set on fire. And they have to get the same... Now we got a little bit of chase. And now, now, now it's not really a horror film. It's more of an adventure film. It starts feeling like... Uh, was it a... Fast X? No, no. Da Vinci Code? Yeah, a little Da Vinci Code. Let's Da Vinci Code this a little bit. Because that's what it needs. Because it feels like at the end, they're like, let's make a puzzle with the light. And then we're doing... Yeah, Scooby-Doo It, it feels very Indiana Jones, yeah. Yeah. Just lean into one or the other. The problem is it's it's a you know it's a second film. What's the premise here? There is no premise. Guy is still possessed. He's the only person who doesn't go into the chapel. I don't I don't get it. Oh, don't think about this movie. It's so bad. Ugh. So many problems. There's just too many problems with it. It's the sequel to the prequel. Yeah. What were we expecting? The sequel prequel. Let's see. Pacing doesn't work. The writing doesn't work. The characters don't work. The sounds just don't work. But I will say some of the special effects were pretty good. Hmm. I would not say the makeup of the, the nun at all. And when the demon starts attacking the nun and the kids, I actually do like, oh, they're pretty screwed here. There's really not a lot. So I do feel for them and the fear for that. Like, that was good. I thought all the chasing when they're getting chased by the demon, that's finally pretty good. And not just koi demon, but actual attacking demon. When the girl is climbing through the... I mean, watching anybody climb through a tight space in a horror movie is just signal of you're done for. Uh, and like, I knew the hand was going to come out and grab her, mm -hmm. but I would have liked a little bit more from that. Was see, that's the thing. They were jump scare crazy, but the thing is, they could have done some of them better. Some yeah. of them worked Genuinely. in a sense, like that hand one in particular. If they just waited a little bit longer to just have the hand pop out it would have worked 10 times or better. grab her while she's already in there because that's the terrifying part like maybe she's climbing her way out and the leg gets grabbed yeah um just a second more but you knew exactly what was coming i'm surprised that the ending didn't have the typical setup for the nun three. Oh my dude if it had this all right if it has a setup for the nun three it's getting a solid one for me don't don't google don't i'm I don't, I'd rather hear the Toy Story 5 news than find out if there's a nun 3. 
Uh, no information surrounding the Nun 3. However. Right. We saw the Warrens at the end. There is a, a Conjuring for the Last Rites to come out. It is a little bit delayed because of the writer's strike, but that is what is on the agenda. It might be better because of the writer's strike. <laughs> no offense. The writers wrote The Nun 2 and they were like, we can't take this anymore. <laughs> we need better working space. Please make us stop. Don't make us do a third one. <laughs> That's I, what the nun. I mean, I don't. I that's mean, what the strike it, is about. I mean, I don't blame. It's tough. How do you like do something for this movie that doesn't need to be made? That doesn't need to exist. Yeah, and Stormreed's character, the other nun. I had so much hope for because they introduced her as like this kind of rebellious nun, this nun who doesn't want to be there. And they then, gave her so much backstory. I think, yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, oh great, this is gonna be like a nun who's like gonna flip off. Like, I actually a priest. thought she was gonna be the original. The I thought she was gonna be the main character. You know, it would have been cool. Now, I haven't seen that. Now, the nun, right? One of these nuns who are trying to fight it becomes the nun. Like, it would have been cool if this nun that we see in the prequel, there's something different about it. It doesn't look like our original nun that we see later on. And that's because one of these nuns gets possessed and looks like it, right? That would have been cool. Yeah, not much need to say. This movie sucks. In a movie that ends with two women coming together to use their supernatural forces, they were ironically the most useless people in the entire film for 93 minutes. By the way, why is this movie two hours? That's bizarre. I'll get that into the end. It was like an hour 40, I think. It was two hours. I thought the guy guy wasn't too bad. The guy wasn't bad. I just didn't care at all about him. But that's his character. I'm saying about performance. They're kind of intertwined in a sense i think like the bishop or the cardinal shows up hour 50 by the way when the bishop or the cardinal shows up i hope that uh your boy was gonna pop up yeah (laughs) i was wait i thought the sickest ending is if the pope's exorcist universe and the nun universe come together don't give them ideas you're gonna end end the writer's strike (laughs) this is how you this is how you run it it's like they get her back the demons are popping up all over. We need to send you out. She goes, well, I can't do it alone. Don't worry. We're not sending you it alone. They cut to a door. It opens up. Cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> We're sending you our best man, Russell Crowe, the Pope's exorcist. Cuckoo. <laughs> and that's the... Because uh... I can't think of two more useless characters. The other nun, the secondary nun, and... Uh, Russell Crowe's teammate. Those two would be the most useless pairing in the world. Fan. Wasn't there subtle sexual tension between the nun and our guy, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, that, <laughs> okay. It, it started in the first film, but it they they downplayed it a little bit here, but it, it was... It was there. It was there. Those flashbacks were like, yo, my guy, ask her for her number, why don't you? <laughs> Final thoughts Final and thoughts rating. and rating. Oh, right, I'm up first. This hour and 50 minute movie is a big waste of time. Fact check it, okay? Editing. Thank you, Nick. Um, it's a pretty bad movie. Uh, there's nothing you need to see here. Nothing you've never seen before. Nothing that's going to change your life. I can't imagine. Even if you're a fan of this franchise, for whatever reason, there's no, like, this movie's bad, objectively. I imagine it's got to be one of the worst out of the nine films that are somehow being made. I haven't seen all of them. I'm not going to. Pretty bad dialogue, pretty bad pacing, a lot of useless characters, a lot of useless demons. Uh, It's going to be, this movie would normally get a one from me, but it gets a two. Why does he get a two? Because there was 30 minutes where I was kind of okay with the movie. And for that reason, it gets a two. In movies? 
In movies. In movies. In movies hard. Um, <laughs> but not hard enough <laughs> to get this guy to sign on. But yeah. no, it was an okay horror film. It was bad, but it wasn't the worst that we've seen so far. Better than Insidious. It's not as good as The Pope's Exorcist. I'll give you that. But it is better than Insidious. So for that, I will give it a two. <laughs> this movie was so close to being a three. Like halfway through, I'm like, okay, it's a three. I haven't seen the end, but it's a three, and it just. That's what I'm saying. Apart. If they if they fix their pacing, hour thirty minute this hour thirty minutes movie, you get a three from me. I think. Yeah, ninety minutes, clean up the pacing, take out like half of the jump scares, hide the nun for half of the movie, and you would have had a three. Remove the other nun. That doesn't matter at all. Nick, they did the most anime thing you could: power of friendship, <laughs> holding hands, wine to kill. Well, that's why none of these movies work for me because yeah. there's never a movie where the demon wins, and that's the reason why these films don't do much for me because I know where it's going. This has been an episode of Take Three O Three. Thanks so much for watching. Make sure you follow us at Instagram at our new at Take Dot. 303. We always have fun little shorts there, different things. You might catch some of our interviews. We didn't have anybody interviewed today for The Nun, so sorry, nothing for you. This week's question of the week is, what has been the most basic, unoriginal movie you have seen this year in theaters? So this week's poll question is, from The Conjuring franchise, which is your favorite? Is it The Conjuring? Is it Annabelle, The Nun, or The Curse of La Llorona? We actually like looking at those. Do yourself a favor. Vote. This has been an episode of Take Theater 3. Thanks so much for watching. Bye bye.